This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp. So no matter what you call it, leadership training, orientation, or leadership training, this critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all those promises that you make to parents and customers the rest of the year. And before we get started, we're just going to take a moment to introduce ourselves. Gab, why don't we start with you? My name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Oro. Uh, camp Oro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentian Mountains in Quebec, and we focus on a positive girl community in English and in French. Excellent. Ruby. My name is Ruby Compton. I am the Western North Carolina Program Director for Muddy Sneakers. We're a science and environmental education program that works with public schools, uh, taking students into the conserved lands in their communities and teaching them science outside. So cool. And I'm Beth Allison. I'm co-owner of Camp Hacker and one of the founders of Go Camp Pro. And I was an executive director um, for 15 years in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada, and am now spending my time consulting. And my passion is, of course, intentional leadership training and building self-esteem. And our topic today is creating an inclusive camp community. Ruby, why don't you tell us why we're going to talk about this today? Because I don't think if you're listeners... This is a surprising topic for you. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to get political, but in this day and age, there is a lot of exclusion happening in the world. And I think fortunately camp, uh, the big C camp, right? The Institute of Camp uh, has been traditionally a pretty inclusive place, a place where kids and staff are encouraged to find themselves and be themselves and have confidence in who they are and they'll be accepted no matter what. Uh, so for lots of reasons to continue the tradition, uh, but also in a time when I feel like there are a lot of folks who are feeling very excluded, uh, camp can make all the difference in the world. Brilliantly said. So why mm-hmm. don't we dive right in? How do we best create that inclusive community for our staff at summer camp? And obviously, that then trickles down to our kids and parents as well. So, Gab, why don't you start us off? Give us an idea or two. Or three. Um, or three, four, Whatever or five. Like. Guys, I'll do <laughs> podcasts all by myself because um, <laughs> I'm very inclusive. Um, so, uh, basically, one of the things I think is, is helpful, um, just on the simple, simple um, ways of doing it, and I know the camps do this, is just create a lexicon. So... Um, words that are camp words um, that not everybody uses outside of that camp organization and um, and send that out to new staff members so that they can learn some of the language and even have it up. I like bathroom readers. I'm a big fan. So <laughs> have them posted in the bathroom so that people are just aware of some of the linguistic um, adids that, that we use at camp. So that would be one of mine as a, as a lexicon. Great. And that is true. Totally brilliant because camps have, every camp has their own language. Um, And so making them feel included would be having them know that ahead of time or at least have heard of some of those words ahead of time. Sometimes it takes a while to catch on to them all. Okay. Ruby, what about you? Sure. I just want to toss out there that um, 
there was a year that I had our kind of staff hiring information. So when somebody had an interview scheduled with me, I'd send them all the, the info. These are the dates. Here are the things you need to know about working here. And the last page was a crossword puzzle. And it had a bunch of camp jargon that yeah. if you read our blogs and looked at our website, you could figure them out. And there were clues and whatever. And I thought that was very clever. So That is very uh, fun. Steal it. It's a lot of fun. Um, so I, one of my yeah. favorite activities um, when it comes to inclusion is the activity My Life is a Tree. I think a lot of folks have seen this before, but the idea is that you have a paper plate and you draw on there as many rings or a proportionate number of rings for how however long you've been alive, just like rings on a tree, and then mark the different things that have happened in your life uh, that that maybe those scars or really cool moments or celebrations and then spend some time sharing with each other. And I have found that often that will lead to staff being a little more vulnerable, uh, sharing when they came out, sharing about challenges they had growing up uh, and really lead folks to a better understanding of one another. Um, and I think a lot of times those things that are uh, deep down and you may not be willing to share that sometimes we will pass judgments and and not understand why people act the way they do and so that activity is a great way to break that ice uh, and really dive into it <laughs> it's pretty intense but and i think also recognizing anytime you do an activity like that um that you need to spend some amount of time ahead of time uh front loading this is a safe sp space and and how can we as a staff create this as a safe space um, how, what do you need to feel safe in sharing? Um, and that's an important exercise for our staff to go through so they can understand doing that for their kids as well. Nice, nice. Um, Love it. So for me, as with everything Camp Code talks about, you need to work on building that solid community of trust and cooperation. And those two keywords will get you through anything the summer has to throw at you. But you have to be sure to work on it intentionally every single day. Um, so making people feel safe, Ruby just said that, um, in the environment is really key. People need to know that it's okay to be who they are and that their differences will be celebrated and not just accepted or tolerated. We've certainly talked a lot about that in our podcast. So for me, uh, some simple things to do would be to do as many activities as you possibly could in circles. Making people feel like they have equal value where they can all see each other, where nobody's ahead, nobody's behind, where we all have a place. And when you ask people to form circles, you uh, train them to be aware of other people coming in and moving back to include them and enlarging the circle. And it's a really great visual. The other thing I would make sure to do is to intentionally mix and match them during staff training. So in every activity, come up with a way to encourage them to get to know more people. So have them sit at meals according to certain categories like the last digit of their phone numbers or their height or you know the the first letter of their first the name of their first dog something like that but putting them into groups um, for serious sessions so you know you have a good mix is something you might want to think about ahead of time and being creative in other ways to group them for games so it's much harder to exclude people once you get to know them as human beings so in training I would rarely if ever let them simply choose their own partners or their own groups. And I would want to teach in a variety of ways. So being aware that not all people learn in the same way. So change it up, talk about why you're changing it up 
uh, ask staff prior to training, maybe during their interviews, how they learn, what works for them and, and what's hard and kind of plan your training with that in mind. I think if you work really hard on making people feel welcome and getting your staff involved in making people feel welcome, that can make a difference. So giving responsibilities to different staff groups. One year we had our leadership team plan ways to welcome our program staff. We had our program staff plan ways to welcome our counselors. We had our counselors work on ways to welcome support staff and so on. But then you absolutely have to give them time in training to plan and execute these ideas. Um, and then it's really a smart thing to do to debrief that. How were they made to feel welcome and what changed for them? Um, so I'd kind of start there. Making people feel safe and welcome um, really helps them to feel included. So Gab, what else have you got? Well, I'd like to build on that. Um, Please. So when I first met Beth, I, I think I was about 18 or 19 at an Ontario Camp Association conference. And we were in a session where it was required for us to sit in a circle, but the, the room was quite packed. And I, I remember coming in feeling very awkward and I wasn't quite sure where to sit and I felt out of place. Um, and you totally turned your body and said, there's, and you said to me, there's room for you right here. And I was like, okay, I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And then I like sat down beside you. And that was, that was like, I remember this so vividly. And I think that at camp, um, I like to call them my minions, but they're, they're the, 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 staff, the returning staff members that are comfortable at camp, um, um, that know, know the ins and outs, and it's their, we want them to set the tone for those in-between moments, those, those going from point A to point B, walking from you know, your, the session hall to the dining room. Um, what does that look like, that walk? And to have that conversation with, the, with, with those staff members, so they're, they're your second, third, fourth year staff members, um, and sit down and say, okay, so we're going to do this activity. Um, it's where we're all in different groups and we're coming up with a dance. Um, what are some behaviors that we want to see, ha we want to encourage within this activity? What are some behaviors that if they happen could maybe, to, you know, um, you know, take away that safety that Beth was talking about. So it could be, you know, a, a new staff member saying, oh, that's a dumb move to somebody else. How do we counter that? And, and just have little mini meetings with your minions um, before, you know, some team building activities so that they can role model the type of behaviors we want them to be doing with, with the campers. Um, and that way that, that creates that safety net for, for safety within groups. But it also teaches other staff members in a very subliminal but extremely powerful way because we know implicit norms are the most powerful norms. Um, okay, that's how they do it here. Um, when somebody's making a suggestion, so instead of saying, oh, that's a bad idea, it's like, oh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Or will this be appropriate for this group? Or you never, you don't shut down ideas. So, so getting those returning staff members to be involved in creating that positive community and safe community um, from the inside out, I find to be very powerful. And that I learned that from Beth on my first, in, in a session at the OCA when I was 18 years old. So that's very cool. And you did it. And I was like, Hey, this is, we want everybody to be doing that. Well, I'm glad you shared that Gab. And to sort of go back to our conversation we had before we started to record, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> but that was about I remember 20 years ago. But I'm really glad that you were made to feel welcome. That's great. Uh, some things. Ruby, what else? 
Jeff is teasing me because I don't remember a lot. (laughs) But, you know, who knows what goes on upstairs, right? Sometimes you remember really important things like first time meeting a really important friend. So, (laughs) Well, and the other thing about that, too, is that um, we don't always remember all the ripples that we make. So we're not aware of the welcome that we can make people feel just by something really simple. And it could be something that you did that is very significant for the other person, but you don't remember it. So um, it's important to make sure those welcomes are out there because they may mean very little to you in terms of this is just how I treat everybody or I want to make sure, um, but they can have a lasting impact on other people and in the way they will then in turn welcome other people. So absolutely, Gab, put your, put your great staff to use that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ruby. Yeah, I'm going to tag on to the minion idea. So I always would tap a couple of my leadership team or staff that had been around for a while. And we always would do on our first day of staff training, like staff would arrive, uh, they'd trickle in, I'd greet all of them as they went through paperwork and whatever else. Uh, But when the bell rang, we all met and we played games. Like the very first thing that we did was we played games. And I would always tap a couple of staff to be my secret looking out for people with panic face, you know, and inevitably we would do games that where you have to partner. And I believe this is a Michael Brandwine trick. Um, And so, you know, they put their hands up in the air when they're looking for a partner. And I would tell those staff, don't put your hands in the air. I want you to just wait and look for the panic face. And we've all seen it, like your hands in the air and everybody else seems to have a partner and now you don't have a partner and now no one's going to like me and oh my gosh and that's when you know you swoop in and go hey will you be my partner and it it just it's such a subtle little thing um and goes a long long way so definitely definitely utilize your staff for that and they're not going to know to do it unless you tell them so think about those times and also talk to your new staff about when are the times um, when you get a, you know, a month or two into to camp or you get to the end of staff training, when were the times when you didn't feel welcome? Get that information down so you can address it next time, which I think um, is huge. Um, I also can't echo or say enough how important it is to tell your staff how glad you are that they are there. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a statement that I tried to make constantly to my staff at camp and I still make constantly to my educators now just how grateful I am that I am on a team with them that I get to work with them that um, that they are here today and present and doing the amazing work that they do Um, I I think it's easy for us to get in a place where we forget to say that stuff because we're juggling so many other things but that moment of gratitude can go a really long way and can help staff feel wanted. And that is huge for inclusion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I have a few more ideas. In training, put them into pairs and give them five minutes to come up with the most obscure thing that they have in common. And they'll start by sharing things about each other, finding they have lots of stuff in common, but they'll work really hard, especially those competitive ones, um, to see how unique an answer they can find. And then ask who thinks they have the craziest thing in common and sit back and listen. It's amazing what they can come up with. And the more we teach them that we have in common, the more that they bond. So I would do that little trick. I would also do a session on inclusion. So this would be the diversity circles exercise. And it's a simple but incredibly powerful activity that tends to be a catalyst for 
actions leading to feelings of being respected and valued and safe. And the circles are used to um, increase the understanding of how behaviors and attitudes can impact other people. It highlights those similarities between staff and um, it helps them recognize some of the factors that can influence feeling safe at camp. And of course, it encourages um, staff-led changes in camp culture so that then they will all feel safe and the campers will safe and feel safe and included as well. So it's one of those things where um, a sentence is called and you step into the circle if it applies to you. And then you can do the debrief. And the debrief includes things like, what was this exercise like for you? What'd you like about it? What didn't you like about it? Anything surprised you? You know, those sorts of questions. What did folks notice about how people are classified just in the category categorization of questions that are asked, like race and social groupings or genders? Um, and then have that great discussion with them about, we have connections with everybody in the room, no matter how similar or how different they may have thought they were. It's really both scary and empowering to be the only one who is different. And I've never done an, a, a diversity circle where there hasn't been one statement where there was just one person who walked into the middle. And sometimes we don't understand the ways in which people identify themselves. So we need to really stress with our staff that our diversity is our richness. So labeling it, discussing it, figuring out how your camp can work on it and assessing your program throughout the summer. Maybe even create a staff diversity inclusion committee and let them take ownership of it. If you're looking for great questions, there are three uh, places that I have found that I've used. One is teampedia.net. And if you go, um, go to teampedia.net and look for the awareness circle. The other one is connectability.ca and their exercise is called move into the circle. And then there is the last one, which is a little more in depth. Um, so maybe for older staff is trainingforchange.ca and it's called Step With Me. So staff creates their own statements that are true for themselves. So a diversity circle is a really powerful thing, but you have to be incredibly prepared for it, really sensitive, and it's important to debrief because without the debrief, the exercise is only going to make people feel more excluded. Um, the other thing that I have done before is I created a bridge of hands to sort of visualize uh, that we were all connected after we did one of our diversity circles. So we created a large um, two-dimensional bridge out of cardboard and we put it up in a really prominent place at camp. And then we had each person, um, I had a special song playing, which I can't remember right now, but it had something to do with being together. Um, and we all put our hand in paint and then put it on the bridge. So um, the size of the bridge depends on the number of people. And you'll want to have most of that bridge filled up with handprints. So you don't want to make it too big and then just have like 20 handprints in it. But um, once it com it's completed, it leads really well into that discussion on breaking down barriers and building bridges in your community. Um, and my last tip on this go around would just be to do an exercise like True Colors, uh, with a trained facilitator. So I know there's like a 10 minute test on the internet, don't do that. Um, it's not very good and um, your staff will only wind up feeling a bit frustrated. But if you get somebody in who knows how to, to run that or DISC or um, Myers-Briggs or whatever it happens to be, I like True Colors because it's entertaining and because it's really experiential, but 
some an exercise like that will increase that understanding of someone's self and the other people around them. It really focuses on expanding appreciation for valuing differences. It becomes that universal language for problem solving and it increases trust and reduces conflict. Um, so something like that, if you have time for it and if you know someone who can run it for you really well, that would be a great thing to do during training as well. All right. One more time around. Gab, what else have you got? <laughs> Um, I think I've said this before, but I'm a big believer as much as possible to bring in staff early, uh, returning staff. I know some camps do it the opposite where they bring in new staff so they can get, you know, some of the basic training. And I think bringing your returning staff, celebrating them as, as Ruby said, saying thank you and being gracious to them and then getting them on the path of how do we create a friendly and welcoming environment so that these new staff members know what it feels like. Um, to be a member of this team so that they can do that for our campers, I think is extremely valuable. And if you can't do that, then what I would recommend is, is do a bunch of Skype group calls um, and or have a dinner, you know, in a nearby city um, as much as possible. Bring all of your staff in early, if possible, you know, even if it's a couple of hours before everybody arrives. Um, I like the activity. Um, what's weird is that is that weird? Um, and so basically it's where new staff members can be like, is this weird guys? Cause I think it's weird, um, on what happens at your camp and it allows them to just explore, um, the weird things that your camp does. And it allows for a returning staff to be like, Oh yeah, from the outside, I see the fact that we do X, Y, and Z. That is kind of weird. Sometimes it, what it does, it also answers a lot of questions on why things are done. Other times it's just like where maybe this tradition started from and on some good occasions, uh, traditions that shouldn't be there anymore mm -hmm. get uh, reevaluated. So, um, but for me, it's, it, 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 it lessens the, the, the place of isolation and you hear from other people that certain behaviors are weird. Um, that, that makes you feel like you're allowed to talk about those things, um, and ask questions, which leads me to my next one, which is celebrating mistakes, or as I like to say, celebrating mistakes. Um, <laughs> and, um, we do want staff members to try, we do want, and for them to try, they need to feel like it's a safe environment to make mistakes. So rec so recognizing that from the very beginning, so you can make a bunch of signs with a bunch of mistakes, spelling errors in it and put it all around camp. And people, it might make them feel uncomfortable. And we can talk about why does these spelling mistakes, do you understand what it's saying? Okay, is the effort there, is the message across? All right. So, you know, there's a bunch of ways of doing that. And one of my favorite activities that was I first experienced from John Jorgensen from Camp Twingo, um, which I believe you can find in the Carl Ronke book, is Trash Ball. And it's a fantastic activity of basically the whole point is to come up with these cool moves with this this ball that you make out of trash, um, basically, you know, recycled paper and tape. And the celebration is in the attempt of making the move and not in the actual succeeding of the move. Um, and, uh, and I love this activity. It really gets the, the, uh, the message across. Um, and then, and then it's also celebrating, um, making sure that your space in, and as we talk about, um, setting camp culture and staff training starts in the hiring process. So, what are we doing to create a space of inclusion? Are we doing an outreach um, to other um, um, groups that perhaps aren't visibly recognizable within our within our organization um, to be 
more diverse, to be a little bit more welcoming? Uh, what are those actions as an organization? What's our responsibility? And then for our invisible minorities, um, I think it's important to have uh, signage of, you know, LGBTQ flags or just just an acknowledgement so that those so that they feel so people feel like this is a safe and inclusive uh, space. So what are we doing before we hire staff members and what are we doing to recognize it, you know, while we're doing staff training? Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you. Ruby. I have three quick ones. Um, first, uh, Tom Heck, who is a great facilitator here in the area, we um, did an interview with him early on in the in the podcast history, um, did an activity with us where he had a, a morning of community building that we had done. And one of the last activities that we did was he paired everybody up and had each person take five minutes, 10 minutes to share about a problem they were having right now. And so you're paired with a relative stranger that, you know, this was day two or three of training and just talking through like, this is something I'm struggling with right now. And it can be as challenging or not as you want it to be. Um, And again, a cool opportunity to create some vulnerability and trust. And everybody was off in their own little corner. I mean, we spread out around the lodge and outside. And so you didn't even necessarily hear what anybody else had to say in the debrief was more, you know, how was that experience for you? What did you learn? And it wasn't necessarily, I learned that this person is really struggling with this, but got to talk through that process and, and that feeling of both being the talker and the listener. So um, really cool activity, thumbs up for that. Uh, the second one is an activity I saw at ACA National last year or two years ago uh, during the EPIC pre-conference where um, Chris Thurber and Scott Arizala had a big circle set up and then there were a couple of chairs in the middle and they were doing role playing where everybody's watching the role playing play out. And, um, you know, they threw in some scenarios about a camper comes out or, uh, you suspect that one of the campers or another staff member is pregnant, you know, and threw out some tough scenarios. And I think having watching people deal with it and then, people have very visceral reactions to some of that stuff. And so then creating a space for that discussion, I think that can be a way to go into some of those discussions without necessarily being like, you know what we're going to talk about right now? We're going to talk about diversity, you know? But if you talk, if you have a scenario play out where one camper says something racist about another camper and then have the staff member try to deal with it, I think then you have the opportunity for staff to weigh in afterwards and say, yeah, I liked what you did and I would try this or I've heard this elsewhere. Um, And really you can utilize everyone's knowledge because again, you're in that circle. So uh, really cool method for leading scenarios and you wouldn't have to do it with your whole staff. You could do it in small groups and have everyone share. Uh, but the, but our whole room of, you know, 40 people were watching scenarios play out and it was so educational. Um, and then the last one I'll throw out there is, um, a diversity activity that we did at a conference that North Carolina Outward Bound School ran. And this is something it sounds like they do on a lot of their courses, especially when they have an assortment of kids with lots of different backgrounds. And essentially, and this was a two or three hour workshop that they usually do with their kids over an afternoon. So it takes a significant amount of time. But the idea was that the framework uh, had each person kind of identify what are 
what are some of the like most basic characteristics about you? And so it was things like, I'm white, I'm female, I'm this years old, I'm, you know, what what is your identity? And it really distilled down, like just write down what your identity is. And then you honed in on one of those pieces and had a chance to stand up through some other steps. This wasn't the very next thing, but stand up in front of the group and say, yeah, I'm white. And let me tell you some things about that are great about it. Let me tell you some questions I'm really sick of hearing, you know, and it was a really, really cool activity. And again, this isn't something you would do day one. It's not something you would do without some setup. Um, but I remember sitting in this room and people were sharing about HIV status and uh, sexual orientation. And um, I, I went the shallow route and was like, I'm a camp director and I'm really sick of people asking me, what do I do in the off season? <laughs> you know? um, but it was really interesting to see what folks said and and in the course of you know an hour we had gotten to this place where this group of professionals was sharing this kind of information with each other it was really incredible um so you know look to maybe contacting them about getting more information about that uh, or seeking some other resources um but this idea of like taking pride in who you are and allowing the space to just talk about it was really empowering. And I think that is, has always from then, since then been my goal to create in a training setting. setting. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's really great. Um, I would do a session on social graces. So I would ask staff to make a list of what social graces are, because some of them may not know, because we don't use that phrase very often anymore. But things like shaking hands or holding the door open for someone or using those words, please, thank you, and you're welcome. Uh, letting others go ahead of us or listening without interrupting or talking about good cell phone etiquette. And then when you get that list, I would ask them why they love camp. Make a list of all those reasons. And inevitably, someone is going to say that camp is safer and we feel like we belong. At least you hope that that's where they're going to get to. Um, and why is camp a safer place for us, for our kids, for our visitors? One of the reasons is because we do things like use social graces. So I would do um, a skit with them. So it was a good idea that I had that two staff members made great. <laughs> so I asked them to come up with a skit to explain all of this to the teens I was working with. So I did this particular exercise with teen campers and not uh, necessarily at staff training, but I asked them to come up with ways that two people who would be walking down the street would meet each other and greet each other through history. So what they did was, you know, they had the That's Romans hilarious. coming up and, and greeting and then they, like they, they picked, I think I asked them to pick like eight you know, times. And so they had the Romans. Uh, I think there was uh, pioneers, cowboys, you know, all that kind of stuff. They had all these different things, uh, how Victorian England and how greetings have changed over time. And what they got to now was two people walking down the street and not actually acknowledging the other's existence, uh, being on their cell phones or, you know, not really knowing each other. So that was the point I That's was so cool. wanting them to do. So as I said, it was a good idea I had. They made it great because they were hysterically funny. Of course, they came in with costume changes for every single time period that they would run and like put all these things on over time. It was really funny, but the point got across really, really well. So I would then do with them like a world visioning exercise. What would the world look like 
if we started a social graces revolution, if we started treating each other with all of these social graces, what would be missing if we did that? What could happen? And end with making a really extended list of things that you can do during training. So shaking hands to introduce ourselves. Um, when I had the teens do it at <laughs> teen camp, it was really awkward. I made them practice over and over again, and it was like super awkward those first couple of days. But then they just got into it, and they were really great at it. Uh, have them practice things like introducing your other friends that to your new friends that you've met. Um, holding open doors, making eye contact with people when you're having a conversation, actually acknowledging each other and saying hello when you pass each other on the playing field at camp, um, asking uh, how things are going, seeing when somebody's being left out, and of course using uh, great social graces at uh, mealtimes, please, thank you, and you're welcome, which I think we don't say anymore. Um, but kind of doing that. And if you want to know more about that activity, I can um, I can certainly send it to you. But uh, it was something that was really powerful with these particular teens. And by the end of the week together, they were the nicest, kindest, loveliest people because we had given them something specific that they could start with. And then they started to become far more inclusive. And the other thing I would suggest if you want to create a really inclusive community is to work on empathy. Get your st staff to put, each, um, put themselves in each other's shoes. Um, being intentional about teaching empathy, it's going to create people who genuinely seek to understand and care for other people. So Scott Arizala and Laura Kriegel have a great Building Empathy video. You can find it uh, on YouTube and it's Building Empathy at Summer Camp, I think is the title of it. It's like three minutes long, but it's great to show staff and campers. And get yourself, your staff involved in an empathy project. So at Cairn, where I worked, we chose, we choose, they still do it, three projects each summer that camp donates its time, efforts, and funds to. So one's local, one is provincial, and one is international. And every single week, every new session of campers sees a presentation on the Empathy Project and participates in helping in some way during their stay there. And then, of course, the families are educated uh, and updated and encouraged to participate throughout the year. So I would definitely um, want to do that. And there's a great website that the University of Michigan has put out on multicultural teaching and inclusive teaching strategies. So it's the Center for Research on Learning and Teaching. So if you go to CRLT, which is Center for Research and Learning and Teaching, uh, dot umich, or Mitch, so U-M-I-C-H, dot E-D-U, then you can find uh, all of their strategies that are inclusive teaching resources and strategies um, that are made for the classroom, but I think you could make them very easily adaptable to working at camp. And my last point would be make sure you get everybody on board with your mission. If you have that common passion and you have that desire to change the world, everybody can't help but feel included. So Gab, can you recap what we talked about today, please? Yeah, I will do. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a song. Do, 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 do. Recap, recap. Thanks. Gotta recap now. Thanks, Ruby. It's true. We do want a theme song and... <laughs> If you've got one like... and you'd like to suggest it to us, please send it our send way. Send it our way. <laughs> recap. Recap. Baseball caps. It's a recap. Okay. Right. <laughs> just, you two are just lovely laughing at <laughs> With you. With you. We're not with laughing me, at you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So sort of in two categories, we have programs and maybe philosophies. So in programs, um, we have uh, my, life is as, uh, my Life as a Tree. 
uh, pairs, most obscure uh, in common, uh, handbridge, um, and creating scenarios, trash ball, uh, true colors, uh, social graces, greeting through throughout the times, and diversity circles. And maybe in more of a philosophy um, state, why don't you do your activities in a circle, uh, maybe bringing in staff a little bit early. Um, that's weird, right? Letting staff members, new staff members, uh, ask questions uh, and making sure that our our invisible minorities are represented, um, but to keep in in mind, the main goal is to create understanding amongst your staff members. And if you can do that, then you'll have a very inclusive community. And that's why Gab gets that job every week, right there. So <laughs> okay. that's, that's so the good. reason. Thank you. So here's how you can get involved. You can join us using the hashtag camp code. We would love to hear the topics you would like us to discuss or guests that you recommend we talk to. And if you have any great leadership training tips that you would like to share with us, we would love to share them out with all the rest of you. We would love to hear from you because we are all about sharing in this industry. So if you have found this podcast to be useful, we would love for you to leave us a rating and a review for us in iTunes. And you can do that by going to camphacker.tv slash cc underscore iTunes. Or you can tweet your love of Camp Code by going to camphacker.tv slash campcodelove. And before we end off today, Ruby has some shout outs. Yeah, so we have a few folks who have left us feedback. Yay! <laughs> so we appreciate your ratings and a big shout out for Kate at Camp, Ellen King 44, and good old Anonymous 76538. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for taking the time to leave feedback. It really, really helps. Um, and if you haven't done it yet, go check it out. Great. Thanks, Ruby. And I have a special thank you to Cindy Grant from Sarasota, Florida, who sent us an actual letter. She sent it to Canada all the way from Florida with stamp and everything. Uh, and she told us that it is International Correspondence Month. So she was writing to say thank you to us uh, and for sharing ideas. So, Cindy, we're really appreciative of that. And we'll work on some of the uh, ideas for you that you've left us at the end of the letter. So here's how you can contact us. Gab, how do we get a hold of you? Um, you can check out where I work, uh, which is waro.com. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Gabrielle Rail. Rail with two L's. Great. Thanks. Ruby. You can email me at rubylin85 at gmail.com. Uh, you can also check out where I work. It's muddysneakers.org. We've been updating our website this week. Lots of new fun stuff there. And uh, I'm also on Instagram, rubyoutdoors. Excellent. You can check out where I work at camphacker.tv or gocamp.pro. And you can email me directly at beth at camphacker.tv. Uh, or we also use the hashtag camphacker. So that's not just me, that's Travis too. Um, and Ruby is going to tell us what we're going to talk about next. Yeah, so for our next podcast, we're going to talk about training for satellite or off-site staff. So those tripping folks, expeditions, uh, those folks you see at the beginning and the end of the summer, and otherwise they're doing their own thing. There's some special stuff uh, to get them set up for success. Perfect. And of course, our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training. And again, we would love to hear some of your memorable moments or your most effective tips. And you can tell us what they are using that hashtag camp code. And this week, Ruby's going to share a best practice with us. 
Yeah, so I'm going to go off the book a little bit uh, and less of a best practice and more of a question for you. Uh, I think one of the things that camp is really good at is creating a culture. And in a conversation I had with one of my dear friends, Maggie Howe, who is a director at Gwen Valley Camp, she's also working through her MBA right now. I know, all-star lady, right? All these things. Um, (laughs) And she is awesome. She's so great. And so she interviewed me about some organizational stuff for one of her classes. And we were talking about diversity and inclusion. And she made this statement that I thought was really, really brilliant. And she said, you know, cultures in an organization can be so strong that it leads us to exclude. And it makes total sense, right? We were talking about um, interviewing staff and thinking, man, you know, you're great, but you're not a great fit for this camp. And to what I want to encourage our listeners to do is just be mindful of that. And I am 100% guilty of it. When I worked at Green River, I was looking for a specific type of staff member and that, you know, being pretty crunchy and granola and hippie was a big part of it. And if that wasn't quite enough of your of your life, you know, it, it may not be a great fit. You may not be very happy at our camp. And so just realizing that there is that tension. And if we want our camps and our staff to be more diverse, we have to figure out how we can wrap more folks into the fold and welcome um, more folks and help them feel at home and included. So think about that concept of culture being so strong that it excludes. It's an excellent thing to think about. And as we said at the beginning of the show, we want to create those difference makers who do change the world. So we're only going to become better by being more diverse and including more ideas and opinions and thoughts and questions from people who are unlike us. So that's great. Thank you very much for that. Don't forget to join us using that hashtag camp code. And thanks for the listening, friends. Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.